Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Um, and so in deciding to trust God, we need to know, God, why can we trust you? What is the point? What, what, what is it going to benefit us? And we know that we can trust God because we can take comfort that God made us. In Psalms 139, 13, it says, For you created my innermost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that fully well. And we know that because God has made us, he knows everything that we need to build us. We have to trust that, okay? A lot of times we, we build our lives and trying to find our own identity, but if we know that God has made us, then he knows what's best for us, amen? Amen. amen. We also know that we have to understand in our decision to trust God that we belong to God. If we look at 1 Corinthians 6 and 20, it says, For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay, when we belong to God, a lot of times we are formed from our mother's womb with our mother and our father, and we belong to them, we are made of them, but a lot of times they may not claim us. But by God is saying, he's not only saying, have I made you, but I have claimed you. You belong to me. So by, me, by you belonging to me, then I have, I have put things in place so that way you can know how to trust me and to live out my, your life to glorify God. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Now, what we need to do is we need to make sure that we're surrendering all of our plans to God. All right? In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So a lot of times we want to know, God, what is our purpose? Why am I here on this earth? But first he says that my plan is to make you prosper, not to fail. We can, we can have hope in that because a lot of times, as el the elders and the ministers have said, that there are a lot of things in our life that we cannot explain or we consider as failure, but God is using that to bring out the prosperous things in our lives. He also says that everything that is going on with you, my plan is not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. So we know that whatever we're going through, even though we can't see it to the end, if we love God and we know that we are his, that we know at the end of it there's going to be a hope and that there's going to be a future in which we can glorify God, right? So a lot of times we'll say, God, I'll trust you if you give me a, a certain car, if you give me a certain house, if you give me that man that's tall, dark, and handsome, if you give me that woman that has that perfect Coca-Cola bottle shape, right? If you give me a certain career, then, God, I will trust you. But this is not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. 
Remember, we belong to God. We are his. So whatever his plans are for our lives has already been preset before the foundation of the world. We have to get on board to what he is doing for our lives. And a lot of times when we come up against strife and other things, we're saying, God, why are all these things happening to me? A lot of times God is so gracious and merciful. He's trying to wake you up. He's trying to catch you up to everything that he's already has set for you. Amen. So don't think of it as punishment. I know a lot of times we go through things in this world because the world has fallen. But it, the, really, the question you really need to be asking God is, God, am I on board with your plans for my life? God, am I going according to your will for my life? And I promise you he will give you an answer. It may not be loud and boisterous. It may be in a still, small voice. It may be in a person that's coming along or decision that you didn't think before, but I promise God will give you the answer. Amen? Amen. And the last thing we need to do is we need to cling to God and nothing else. So one of the things that our ministers have so gracefully done is they have given us the definition of what trusting in the Lord means. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and we hear it over and over and over again because a lot of times this is what stems how we can trust. It says, trust in the Lord, not anybody else, but in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. So the meaning that they gave us for trust is to have a strong belief or hope, and that is correct. But when the author was writing this, the emphasis of it is to cling, cling to God with hope and trust, cling to him with everything you got. So one of the things that I wanted to do, because like I said, I am a visual person, I wanted to give you a visual about how you can cling to God and how negative thought patterns can distract you from clinging to God, okay? So if you notice a kid, and the person, the little kid that comes to my mind is Eden. Eden, she loves to cling to her parents, okay? Um, and if you see this picture, you see that this child is clinging to the parent so hard that even if the parent tried to move, the child is going to go exactly where that, that parent goes, right? And if you, always, if you also look at her eyes, you can see she's not looking away, but she's focused exactly on that parent's leg, right? So that means that she is clinging. Everywhere that that parent goes, she's going to go. If we're clinging to God, everywhere that God tells us to go, we're going to move exactly the way he moves. Not too fast, not too slow. Maybe there may be times where we need to speed up, but because we're clinging to God, we're going to speed up with him. There may be times he might say, slow down, but because we're clinging to God and we're fixed on him, we're going to go at his pace. Amen? But one of the things that I noticed that I love about uh, a child that's clinging, think about when you dropped your kid off um, at school for the first day, right? And the teacher is trying to do everything that they can to pull that kid away from the parent, right? They try everything. We're going to have cookies. We're going to have story time. And the kid is going off. No, no, no. I want to stay with my mom, right? But the moment you give that kid some candy, Show that kid some candy. You show it. Um, then what will they try to do? First, they will start to look around. They may look at the parent to see if the parent approves, right? 
They may look around, look to see uh, how appetizing that piece of candy is. And if they want that candy bad enough, they will what? Reach for it, right? They'll reach for it. And maybe they'll reach and they see that they can't grasp it, and so they'll start to cling again. And then, you know, whoever has the candy will be like, come on, you know you want this candy, you know you want this candy, and they'll reach for it again. Well, after a while, the child will not cling to the parent and have the candy. If they're holding the candy, they're no longer clinging to the parent, okay? And if they're not careful enough, they are so focused on that piece of candy that they didn't realize that the parent has left and walked away. Okay? So what does clinging look like for the life of a believer? Okay? So what clinging looks like for the life of a believer is that we are worshiping and we are outpouring our hearts to God through, through prayer. Okay? And we are giving God thanks in everything. All right? Um, many times we will pour out our hearts to our friends before we pour out our hearts to God. And your friends may share your secret desires. It may be behind your back and even may call it tea. Okay? But God will never do that. He's listening. He's, he's adjusting your life so that way you can walk according to his plan, okay? Um, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, one of the things uh, for me... Uh, Giving thanks is something growing up that I, I had to, uh, to kind of adjust my attitude. I remember growing up, my parents would always tell me, you're always complaining. You always have a negative attitude. Um, and so I had to make a conscious decision to make sure that I was thanking God or seeing the good in all things because, you know, as we know that if everything is working for my good, even if I don't see it as good, it's going to turn out well in the end, right? Well, one day I was at work, and um, one of my bosses, we were doing an open house. For those of you who may not know, I work at Georgia State in the admissions office. If you need to get in, let me know. All right? Um, but um, I work in the admissions office, and um, we were doing an open house at one of our perimeter campuses, and it was very busy, and she didn't like the way things were going, and we probably had a 50% turnout rate, and all these different things, and she was just going and going and going and going. And I guess we expected to have maybe around 300 people, but we must have had maybe around 150 or 200. And she was like, oh, I can't believe we don't have all these people. And I'm like, yes, but we reached 150, 200 people. And the thing she said to me was, Deanna, you always have a positive attitude about everything. And it hit me. It's like, wow, you know, I didn't make the conscious effort to have a positive attitude, but I've always made the conscious effort to give thanks to God or to see God in every situation. And because of that, without me even knowing, God started to change my thoughts, my mind, and my actions to the point where even an unbeliever was able to say to me, wow, you know what? You always see the good in everything. 
And that might be small, but that's big for me. Because even for me, sometimes I still got to put my attitude in check. And I can best believe a lot of us have to constantly put our attitudes in check as well. But just those small things lets me know that, wow, even in my tough situations, even when I'm going through, giving God thanks to everything illuminates my entire being. So I just want to encourage you guys to always give thanks for everything because that can change your situation. When you cling to God, you have no room to get distracted by worry, doubt, or fear. So let's go back to my example. Remember how I was talking about that piece of candy? Well, worry, doubt, and fear is that piece of candy, okay? If you're so consumed, you're either giving God thanks and praising him and through prayer and worship, or you're consumed with worry, doubt, and fear. In Philippians 4, 6-7, it says, Be not anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, pre- present your present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What I love about this is is the seventh verse because it says the peace of God which transcends all understanding and the picture that I have about this is you may be doing whatever you're doing having trouble going through your situations but you know that you're going in the right direction is that because in the midst of everything you're going through you have a peace about it. God will give you a peace that is unfathomable. A lot of times, a lot of people, when things are going on in my life, they'll be like, Deanna, why are you so calm? And I'm like, because I know God has it. God is going to give me the solution to the problem. And even though it may not be the solution that I want, I know at the end the solution is going to work out to my favor and to God's glory. Amen? So the next thing that I need you to do in order to trust in God completely is we need to monitor, okay? We need to observe what you are thinking and how you are feeling. Observe what you are thinking and how you are feeling. And then we also have to recognize when you are falling into negative thought patterns and behaviors. It's okay for us to take inventory about what we're feeling and what we're doing. It's okay. And we also need to recognize that if we get into those places that says, I do what I want to do, or I am who I am and I'm not going to change, that's a dangerous place to be in. You know why? Because none of us are perfect. We're always changing to God's glory to be more like him. And when we accomplish that step, there's more work to do. So be very careful about your position, your thoughts, and your behaviors. I am who I am. You hear that all the time. Well, they're not going to change. That's, who that, that's a dangerous place. We all have work to do, whether you're sitting on the pulpit or whether you're sitting on the floor. Amen? Amen. Daily, daily negative thoughts and patterns is a tactic that the enemy tries to use to separate us from the love of God. Romans 8, 38 and 9, 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. That means no worry, no doubt, no anxiety, no bill, no car trouble, no anything can separate you from the love of God. But that is the enemy's tactic. The moment you start to consume yourself with all these different things, you're no longer clinging to God. So we have to put ourselves in check and make sure that we're doing all the things that is necessary to make sure that we stay clinging to God. The next thing that we have to do to trust God completely is that we have to saturate ourselves. We have to saturate ourselves, um, our hearts and our minds with the word of God. Do you know that you're, you're, you have the power to control those negative thoughts? Ephesians 6 and 13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm again. Then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shields of faith with you, with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And one of the things that I love about this scripture is because when you look at the original language and it says, therefore put on the full armor of God, it's giving you a command, saying you have to take an action. But another thing that I love is that it says it's, it's uh, stated in the, what we call, what the Greek call a certain tense, the aortist tense. But what it's saying is that regardless of your past, your present, or the future, you have the authority and the power to put on all these things. So regardless of what you did in your past, regardless of what you did yesterday, regardless of what's plaguing you right now, or what you're worried about in the future, you can pull on the full armor of God. You can arm yourself with the word of God. And so that casts out any doubts or, we, or fears that we may have that we don't have the ability to put on the full armor of God or to challenge the devil with any schemes that he may have. All right? Now, this may seem like a, a simple thing, but in order to put on the full armor of God, that includes reading your Bible. I'm going to say it again. That includes re reading, reading your Bible, okay? And now we have no excuse. It's way too easy, okay? And I'm going to show you how easy it is, okay? Everybody that has a cell phone, hold it up. Everybody, okay? Now, I talk to so many people, and they say, I, I, I don't know how to use technology. Guess what? If you're holding this, you know how to use technology, all right? And so what I want everybody to do, because like I said, I'm a visual learner. I want you to go on your Google search. You say, I don't know how. Well, uh, if you have a browser, just go on Google. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how easy it is, okay? And I want you to put in the Google search, Scripture Promises of God. I want you to do that right now. Scriptures, Promises of God. And it should look something like that, all right? And if your phone's not working, 
You can take a picture of it, and you can do it when you leave. But when you do that, it should pop up all these links that you can click on that can give you encouraging words from the scriptures about how God gives you promises and how it can improve your lives, okay? That's all you need to do. Because it's so easy, you can just click on there and read a couple of scriptures. It doesn't have to be five hours. It could be five minutes. It can be while you're waiting. But this is crucial. We need to saturate ourselves with the word of God. If we don't do this, we will get distracted. We, God made us to be creatures of habit. If you habitually do not crack open the word and read it, you will quickly forget the promises of God over your life. That's a guarantee, okay? So you need to habitually say what God says about you and stop worrying about the fears, the doubts, the career changes, the bills, the unruly kids, the bad grades. You need to stop all that because God has worked it out. Amen? The, last, the next thing I want us to do is I want us to replace. I want us to replace. So now that we have saturated ourselves, we know that we need to saturate ourselves with the word of God, we need to replace it. We need to replace it with the promises and the plan, plans that God has laid out for us. And that's why I had us to do the Google search about the promises that God has given us because it reminds us who we are and whose we are in God. Amen? Now, you may not believe this. If you were in Bible study for years and years, like me and my sister was, you know that you had to memorize scripture or it was a problem, okay? And you had to memorize it if you were growing up like me in the 80s with the King James Version and the these and the thous and the those, but they would not stop until you got it right. You know why? Because memorizing that scripture is the best way to replace negative thoughts, okay? And this is outlined in John 14, 26. It says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that the young people were just dancing about, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. So as you're memorizing those things, and some of those negative thought patterns may come into your life, you remember, nope, I'm not going to subject myself to that because I know God's promises over my life. I know that I am the head and not the tail. tail. I know I'm above and not beneath. I know I'm, I'm a lender and I'm not a borrower. I know that no weapon that's formed against me, it shall prosper, all right? It may rise up, but it's not going to prosper. We can, we can bring to memory all these things. And when we're focused on that, then we're no longer focus, focusing on that piece of candy, those worries, those doubts, and we're clinging on to God. All right? And the last thing, the last thing that I want us to do, because I said a lot, the last thing I want us to do is I want, it, want us to let it go. Okay? Let it go. And there are two scriptures that I want to focus on in reference to let it go. Um, and the reason why we can let it go is because God cares for us. Right? If we know that somebody cares for us, then we can place it in his hands. First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety or cares on him, talking about God, 
because he cares for you. God will also sustain you. He will give you peace. He will give you prosperity. He will give you a community of people like we all have to be able to commune with and worship with and celebrate God with. He will sustain you. In Psalms 55, verse 22, it says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. God will never let you fall. He will maintain you in your life. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.